for the Onion Radio News. You are now tuned into the truth frequency. We are TFR. that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness but a false witness deceit welcome friends I'm your host San Garcia this is Secrets Revealed here on Truth Frequency Radio and it's an awesome day and week and I hope that everybody is blessed in good health and well being I am joined by my good friend and co-host Rob Skiba as we continue the Genesis Revisited series. Rob, are you there, brother? I am here, Zen. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Yourself? Yeah, doing good. Crazy busy, but and, good. <laughs> yeah, always. As Any usual. updates on the, uh, you know, as far as the film festivals and everything? Oh, yeah, there was a, a really big one in Seattle. Uh, I was up against a ton of competition. I haven't heard that I've won anything yet. They were supposed to make the announcements today. I didn't see anything, so I assume I didn't. But uh, it was cool, though. I mean, there was certainly a lot of people got exposed to it. I mean, it was a pretty huge deal. So uh, that's cool. Um, I've been I, uh, creating all my CGI assets for the next animated project and comic book because, you know, I'm, uh, I'm using the comic book as a storyboard to... Uh, mm-hmm. to direct the animated series with. So uh, I created all my soldiers and everything that I need for the next part of it, which is Act 1 of the first episode. And uh, then this week I started laying out the pages for my comic book artists. I, I, what I do is I I create the characters and the environments and pose them the way I want to and get the camera angle and the lighting and everything the way I want it. Uh, you know, Hence the storyboard side of it. And so I, I have to lay out all of that first, and then I hand it off to the comic book artist, and they basically redraw what what I render, you know, in comic book format. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got four pages done just this week, and uh, got six more to do to wrap up the issue. So they're currently working on the four pages that I just sent them. Those should be done pretty soon, and then I'll get the other six to them, and hopefully we'll get issue two done within a month or so if we can keep going on the pace that we've been doing. So awesome! Yeah, that's been exciting. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. So, as far as the um, as for you know the animation stuff and the software, and you're getting learning more as far as the skill set and yeah everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but it's been it's been fun, you know, trying to figure it all out. And uh, mm-hmm. m- man, it's like 
the only thing, well, other than budget, <laughs> the only thing limiting me right now is uh, render speed. Uh, I mean, I have two um, RTX... 2080 Ti's uh, for graphics cards in my computer which are, you know, that's pretty high end whenever I tell people that they're like, dude, wow um, but there's some new ones, the 2080, or excuse me the 3080's and the 3090's that have come out which are faster and cheaper than the 2080's were, the, the, the 3080 is like half the wow. price of the 2080 and it's almost twice as fast so that's um, amazing. Yeah, I'm, they sold out like almost immediately, and because of COVID and everything, uh, distribution was somewhat halted. Uh, as I understand it, some people are still able to get them, but they haven't really been uh, made available to the public, generally speaking. Uh, at least that I'm not aware of. If anybody knows of where I can get them, post the post the link in the chat room because I'd definitely like to get my hands on one or two. Because um, they, I mean, render time that just. I mean, especially when you start dealing with lots of assets on the screen at the same time, characters and props and environments and stuff like that, it just takes forever to render even just a few seconds. So, mm. there's um, because I I'm not sure if it's uh, you know like like the Bitcoin miners they. It, are they seeking the same kind of cards? Uh, they're probably, yeah. I mean, the high-end miners probably are because you know it's all about cores and you know memory and speed and you know all that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people that do crypto mining are using lesser cards than than what I have. You know, they've got oh, wow. they've got stacks of like ten seventies and ten you know whatever. You know, I've got the twenty eighty. Um, because it, it it's cost prohibitive. I mean, the yeah. the 2080s, I'm trying to think, they were like $1,500 each, something like that. Wow. Uh, but the 3080s are down to like, they're like 890 something like that, 900 bucks. So, uh, that's a that's amazing. Usually, you know, when things get better and faster, they get more expensive. Well, yeah, that's probably why they. <laughs> They were just gone off the shelves like immediately as soon as they were re released. There was a lot of hype right. leading up to them, but yeah, I mean, I imagine the miners that are really trying to crank some stuff out are probably getting the stuff too. I mean, between miners, gamers, and uh, animators, they're mm -hmm. definitely in yeah. high demand. Well, that's awesome, brother. Um, as far as uh, Seattle, the what what else is upcoming as far as the the different film festivals. Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple more within the next month or two uh, that are coming up, but most of them are later this year, at least the ones that I submitted to. Mm. So uh, I got another writer that's working on uh, a couple of scripts for me. I haven't read his his work yet, but he's cranking away. He's like, I'm flying without air traffic control here, so I'm just I'm like, yeah, I know, brother, just keep going. I mean, no, nothing goes to waste. <laughs> Everything is, you know, either modified, you know, or used mm -hmm. later, or it's a learning experience, you know, so nothing goes right. to waste, but, you know, keep plugging away. It's just, yeah, I'm one person, so I, you know, I gotta, all my time right now is, is being taken up, trying to, while I have the artists available, the, the comic book artists are like, hey, we're ready if you are. I'm like, okay, let's go. So, you know, I got to tap it while I can, you know. Um, right. And then once that once issue two is done, I'll shift gears, work with the writers some more. And the video game was doing well, but the lead programmer ended up uh, having his, I think it was gallbladder or something, uh, 
got, uh, became gangrenous and um, mm-hmm. yeah, had to have it taken That's out. Crazy. Uh, he's recovering well, from what I understand, but he's got about a four to six week recovery, so uh, mm-hmm. things are on hold there. But you know, just one day at a time, you know. What about yeah, you? and then you just move with, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you want to keep all, all the different groups and people, you know, moving forward as well. So. Yeah. What about you? What you been up to since last we spoke? Um, just working on different books and um, projects. We just released Paradise. My uh, daughter-in-law Joy finished it, and it's the one the cradle um, of the human race at the North Pole. Mm. And it's wow. written by uh, Reverend William Warren, hmm. um, and he covers all of the myths and legends and history and uh, oral traditions of all the different peoples from all over the world about the North Pole being the cradle of humanity and how Hmm. Hyperborea, uh, Olympus, Mount Meru, all of that. He takes, you know, and even though he writes it from a heliocentric perspective because he is a you know, believes in the Copernican world model, uh, at least he still preserves all of that ancient knowledge mm. and brings it forth, uh, even though he, you know, is contrary in opinion to what they state. Uh, he does preserve uh, their perspective very well and also shares it, uh, you know, but he does rebut it and is not in agreement with it in his conclusions but still you know you have all, all of that information there and it's a sizable book uh, and but it's an incredible read mm. and it gives you insight it was um something that I had looked into and read before I um, completed my paradise book and uh, there are some you know some information I was able to to glean from the work that he had done on Paradise and the North Pole and all that nice. as well. So there's quite a, interesting. There's a, a new documentary that came out I think this this past week I think uh, by Dr. Stephen Greer um, called I think it was called uh-huh. Cosmic Hoax. Cosmic Hoax. Now. Of course, Stephen Greer believes in aliens. He believes the Copernican model. Yeah. He believes that they're right. are, the, the aliens are good. They have our best interests at heart. We need to stop, you know, treating them bad because you know it, it, we're the bad kids in the neighborhood, so to speak. <laughs> you know, right, so right. he's all about you know let's welcome ET with open arms and join the cosmic neighborhood. Uh, however, so if you, you put that bias aside, the rest of the documentary is very well done in showing how. So much of what's happening with UFOs and alien abductions scenarios and everything is is a false flag. It's completely fraudulent. Government he even gets into the creation of anti-gravitics back in the 20s up to the 50s and and showing how you know the, the, what we think are UFO spaceships from other worlds are really human-engineered things that were created. You know, uh, I mean, he like he makes our case for us with, without being on our page. Kind of similar to what you're talking about. You know, with with mm-hmm. this with this other guy, I'm like, oh man, there's like a lot of good information in this uh, this document. I, I don't know if you have a chance to see it, but you should check it out. 
Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, what was the name of it again? I believe it's Cosmic Hoax. I can look that up okay. during the break. But, uh, it, but yeah, I mean, it just came out, I believe, this, this month, so fairly recently. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, I, I'm not sure if you had um, heard about or looked into, you know, how all this disclosure is happening now with, you know, the congressional hearings. Yeah. On, what happened with the the aircraft carriers and all that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, no, I've been totally following yeah. all that, and um, and that's why I think this is very timely. And I think, uh, yeah, right. it's it's called the Cosmic Hoax and Expose, uh, and it was released. Let's see here. It's easy on July fourth. So. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Uh, and what's interesting though. Like his whole thing is, you know, he's got um, CE five, Close Encounters five, uh, of the fifth kind. I mean, uh, and his whole thing is, we need to get on a spiritual plane with these ETs, you know. So I'm like, after everything that he says, isn't it interesting that he has to do spiritual uh, practices, New Age type of stuff, to get it, right. and yet he doesn't believe that they are, you know, angelic, demonic, or you know, of the supernatural. You know, you know mm-hmm. that he still thinks. You know, it's like, well, why is it then that you have to do religious type of activity right. to contact them, and why is it that they take a special interest in trying to debunk religion, especially that of Jesus Christ, Yeshua? <laughs> you right, know? right. Exactly. And, and why do they flee at his name? You know, like, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like, um, you know, when he cast out Legion. <laughs> Yeah, in the scriptures, and they recognized him as the uh, the Son of God and as their judge and tormentor. They even say, "Yeah, yeah." So. And there's an there's another. In fact, we might have time to play some of it uh, if you don't mind. We've got about 15 minutes before yeah, no the break. There's a guy. I think his name's Michael. I forget his last name. From a YouTube channel called Olive Branch Fellowship. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-huh. No. Well, he does a really good, since we're going to get into Targums and stuff as usual, uh, yeah. probably in this broadcast, he does a really good job of explaining the Targums and specifically who Jonathan was, Targum Jonathan. Who that really? Guy was. Okay, cool. Yeah, That's I'll, awesome. I'll, play, I'll probably play to the break. I'll, I'll put it on like one and a half speed so we can get through a fair amount of it. Uh, okay. Sure. I, of course, I watch every I, I watch everything in double speed, so hopefully everybody can yeah. keep up, but... Uh, Okay, let me play this here. This is from a... Cool. He's got a six-part series called Divinity Unveiled. Uh, it's a fantastic series as far as I'm concerned. I've, I've listened to the whole thing on double speed like twice already. Um, and they're each like an hour to two hours long. But this is Divinity Unveiled Part 2, The Word of Yahuwah. Hang on. The following are quotes from a Jewish encyclopedia. The Jewish. So this is not even messianic. Um... The word, in the sense of the creative or directive word or speech of God, manifesting his power in the world of matter or mind. So in English, basically, Yah interacting with creation, with physical. Yah's eternal, this is him interacting with the physical. A term used, especially in the Targum, is a substitute for the Lord, when an anthropomorphic expression is to be avoided. Remember from the tail end of last week, the, the, the status quo of Jewish thinking, Yah cannot you have it? a body. So all these passages okay. in the scripture... Are- oh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot that... Uh- when we're on Skype, I've got to enable screen share. Uh, okay. Share computer sound, screen share, start sharing. Yeah. It was going through probably on YouTube, but not on uh, 
Skype, let me try this again. I'm back up. Can you hear this? The following are quotes from a Jewish encyclopedia. Yes. The Jewish, so this is okay. not even messianic. Cool. Um, the word, in the sense of the creative or directive word or speech of God, manifesting his power in the world of matter or mind. So in English, basically, Yah interacting with creation, in, with physical. Yah's eternal, this is him interacting with the physical. A term used, especially in the Targum, is a substitute for the Lord, when an anthropomorphic expression is to be avoided. Remember from the tail end of last week, the, the, the status quo of Jewish thinking, Yah cannot have a body. So all these passages in scripture, as we'll cover, where we see anthropomorphisms happen, that was the word. It's Yah manifesting himself. It's him, but it's not him, fully him, if that makes sense. In scripture, the word of the Lord commonly denotes the speech addressed to patriarch or prophet, as I've just mentioned, and the word of Yah came, saying, but frequently it denotes also the creative word. So when something creative would happen, that was done through his word. For example, in Psalm 33, this is from our, you know, the ISR version. By the word of Yah, the heavens were made and all their hosts by the spirit of his mouth. Interesting, the word, the spirit kind of being merged together. Gathering the waters of the sea together as a heap, laying up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear Yah. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood fast. So this would be an idea, uh, an example of the creative properties of his word. The word heard and announced by the prophet often became in the conception of the seer an efficacious power apart from God, as was the angel or the messenger of God. So efficacious that it's working and it's doing something and succeeding is the sort of idea. And notice that this was, it was apart from God, but yet it was him. In the Targum, the Memra, Memra is the Aramaic for the word, the Devar. The Memra figures constantly as the manifestation of the divine power, or as God's messenger in place of God himself, wherever the predicate is not in conformity with the dignity or the spirituality of the deity. So basically, again, this idea, Yah himself cannot come into corporeal fashion, therefore it's his word. This is how they get around it, basically. Like the Shekhinah, the Memra, the word, is accordingly the manifestation of God. This is how... It, Judaism understands this topic. Notice, it's not something else. It's not another personality. It's God manifesting. We'll, we'll get more in-depth with this. Let's begin to look at how the word was understood by first-century believers, right? We want to get back to the faith of Messiah and the disciples. So how did they understand it? Not how modern Judaism understands it, not how Christianity understands it. Remember, both sides of the river have their own stuff to deal with. To do this, we will compare scripture with the Targums. The Targums were Aramaic translations of the original Tanakh. We covered this, that uh, when they came out of Babylon, the Jews, um, a lot of them started speaking Aramaic, and some, some of them didn't speak Hebrew. Um, so in the synagogue, you would have people that spoke Hebrew and those who spoke Aramaic. So for everyone to understand, the Hebrew scriptures would be read out, and then another person would translate into Aramaic. These often added little embellishments that help us understand how those translating the Tanakh understood certain verses. You'll find that in the various Targums, um, that they insert not so much their bias, but their understanding of it. That they add their interpretation to certain verses, which is interesting. These were read aloud in the synagogues, which means they were sanctioned and licensed by the religious authority. So it wasn't, you couldn't just pick any old Tom, Dick and Harry off the street and say, can you translate for me? There were people specifically trained for this, but they, were, they would have arguably been rabbis that spoke both languages and they would have been sanctioned by the religious authority. This means that the first century believers would have been very well acquainted with the Targums and their contents. Very well acquainted. Just so that people understand as well, uh, Aramaic and Hebrew use the same script. And they're, they're very, very similar. Very similar. The Targums we'll be looking at today are the Targum of Jonathan ben Uziel and the Jerusalem Targum. Now, let, let's have a little thing about Jonathan, see who he was. 
Jonathan Ben-Uzia was one of the 80 Tanaims that studied under Hillel the Elder during the time of Roman rule Judea. Do you remember last week I showed that little thing of the chart of all the rabbinic ages? This was the first one, or the second, sorry. And the Tanaim were from 0 AD to 200 AD. Now, Hillel the Elder lived like 110 BC, I think. Hang on. I think, I'm, uh, anyway, uh, Jonathan Ben-Uzia was Hillel's most distinguished pupil. Of the 80 he taught, Jonathan Ben-Uzia was top of the class. Hillel the Elder lived from 110 BC to 10 AD and set up the school of Hillel for Tanaim. Now, in Yeshua's day, you had the, the school of Hillel versus the school of Shammai. And these two bickered and fought all the time. You actually catch wind of this in some of the Gospels, if you know what you're looking for. This makes Jonathan Ben-Uzia a contemporary of Yeshua. Yeshua would have known who this guy was. He, was, he would have been arguably the authority on Targums of the day. Yeah, it's a long time for someone that age. Jonathan ben Uziel is held by the Jews in the highest esteem. I mean, he's basically one down from Moses in their thinking. His paraphrases are considered as by the synagogue as inspired. So very much how we consider the New Testament to be part of canon, part of scripture. You know, we, we agree that Yeshua's disciples had the spirit upon them. Therefore, what they say must be inspired by the spirit, right? This is how the Jews viewed ben, Jonathan ben Uziel and his Targum. It was scripture. The synagogue maintains that the prophets Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi gave Jonathan ben Uziel the paraphrase written upon a scroll over his head. It's interesting. Nice little story they've got going there. We read in the Talmud, Jonathan ben Uziel was worthy of the Shekinah which rested upon him as he did upon our teacher Moses. Now, what was it that rested upon Moses? The spirit. So the, the divine presence. So this is what the Jews are saying, that uh, Jonathan ben Uziel had the same spirit that Moses did. This is how high they regard it. So he's not just some guy. This guy had some clout. He was such a holy man that when he studied the law, the birds flying over him were burned to death. <laughs> I, I, I love that, you know, it's brilliant. <laughs> so, let, let's, this is just a foundation. So, let's, we're going to be doing a lot of comparison now. We're going to compare Tanakh and we're going to compare it to Targum. We're going to do a lot of that. And Elohim created the man in his image. In the image of Elohim, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The Targum says, and the word of the Lord created man in his likeness. In his likeness, in the likeness of the presence of the Lord. Notice the interplay. So the word of the Lord is considered the presence of the Lord. Not the presence of another person, it's his presence. Now, why? Again, because they use the word as a way to avoid Elohim, the ultimate divinity, to be anthropomorphized. He, cannot, he just cannot have a body. That's basically where this comes from. He created him, the male and his yoke fellow, he created them. Now in Isaiah 63, 9, we covered this last week. In all their distress, he was distressed, and the messenger of his presence saved them. So the word is considered the presence, as was the angel of Yah. Let's look at Genesis 2. And Yah Elohim planted a garden in Eden to the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. The Targum says this, and a garden from the Eden of the just was planted by the word of the Lord God before the creation of the world, and he made there to dwell the man when he had created him. The word created man. Again, like, one thing is that, remember how uh, uh, Hebrew thought that they were like very strict monotheistic, right? There's only Yah, nothing else. The word was an agency so that they could basically anthropomorphize him without bringing deity down. This, was, this is the logic. Genesis 3. And they heard the sound of Yah Elohim. Now, the, voice there is, the word there is kol, which means voice, actually. It says, they heard the voice of Yah Elohim. The King James brings this, out, brings this out, actually. Walking about in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yah Elohim. Notice that the voice of Yah is his presence from among the trees in the garden. And Yah Elohim called unto Adam and said to him, where are you? This is how, oh, and he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid myself. This is the way the Targum puts it. And they heard the voice of the word of the Lord walking in the garden. Again, Yah himself cannot be walking because that means he's got feet and legs. So they say the word of the Lord. 
And Adam and his wife hid themselves from before the Lord God. Please notice that the word of the Lord God is the same as the Lord God. And the word of the Lord God called unto Adam and said to him, Behold, the world which I have created is manifest before me. And how thinkest thou that the place in the midst whereof thou art is not revealed before me? Where is the commandment which I taught thee? See, you can see how they're starting to interpret a verse. And he said, The voice of thy word heard I in the garden. And I was afraid, because I am naked. And the commandments which thou didst teach me I have transgressed. Therefore I hid myself from shame. In Genesis 7, and they went into the ark to Noah, two by two, of all flesh, in which is the breath of life. And those going in, male and female, of all flesh, went in as Elohim had commanded him, and Yah shut him in. In the Targum it says, and they entered the, to, to Noah in the ark, into the ark, two of two, of all flesh, in which was the breath of life. And they coming entered, male and female, of all flesh unto him, as the Lord had instructed him. And the word of the Lord covered the door of the ark upon the face thereof. And the word of the Lord God was merciful upon him. Remember, this is what's being preached from the synagogue in the first century, as scripture. And Elohim said, this, chapter 9, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all generations to come. I shall set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud and I shall remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and never again let the waters become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I shall see it to remember the everlasting covenant between Elohim and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And Elohim said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Let's see what the Targum says. The Targum on this is amazing. And the Lord said, this is the sign of the covenant which I established between my word and between you. Every living soul that is with you unto the generations of the world. Changes things up just a little bit. I have, seen, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of the covenant between my word and the earth. And it shall be that when I spread forth my glorious cloud over the earth, the bow shall be seen in the daytime, while the sun is not sunk or hidden in a cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between my word and between you, and every living soul of all flesh, that there shall not be the waters of a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between the word of the Lord God and every living soul of all flesh that is upon the earth. And the Lord said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have covenanted between my word and between the word, the word for all flesh that is upon the earth. It, it, to me, this is amazing. And let's remember that they didn't just like, pull this out of thin air all of a sudden in the first century. These, this was passed on generation to generation from discipler to disciple I like this one. Tower of I'm going to stop there because we're about ready to go to break. But uh, it's really good. And amazing. He, yeah, he, and he gave a really good background on who... You know, we always hear Targum Jonathan, but like, who is Jonathan? You know, right? Uh, so I thought that was a a really good because we we talk about the Targum so much here. So I figured this would be a good thing for people to check out. We've been putting the uh, Kevin. Thank you. He's been posting the link to the playlist in the uh, chat room for people. But man, all six videos are really good. I'm excited to check that out, brother. Thanks for sharing that. We'll be right back, everyone, for a second. Discover the extraordinary powers of intuitive healing with pain transmutation, a method of holistic healing for the human soul, body, mind, and emotions. If you are looking for answers and a deep understanding of how to help yourself and the people around you to live a happier, healthier life, 
this is the right place for you. Learn how to read your soul's history in the Akashic Records, remove negative energy attachments from your astral body, and start the process of inner and outer pain transmutation. Join Pain Transmutation Community to get started on the path of intuitive healing. Change your energetic state. Manifest new and exciting experiences. Re-energize your life. And build inspiring connections with others in our community. So, you love talk radio. Then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. If you have hard water, the live scale not only leaves white spots, it clogs pipes and breaks down appliances, costing you hundreds of dollars in energy and wear. Eliminate lime scale and other water issues like brown staining and bad odors with HydroCare water products available from Wave Home Solutions. Wave's affordable water systems don't use salts or chemicals. You'll love the way your water tastes, smells, and looks. Satisfaction guaranteed. For more information, go to bestwater123.com. That's bestwater123.com. Travis Cook, America's evil genius, here to invite you to join us every Tuesday afternoon here on Truth Frequency Radio. No, on our show you will not see a bunch of three-piece suits or a cocktail party. And you certainly won't see a bunch of inside the Beltway banger. But you will see eye-gouging, crotch-kicking, no-holds-barred political discussion, the likes of which you won't see anywhere else in media. America's Evil Genius. We come to you every Tuesday from the outskirts of war-torn St. Louis, Missouri, where there's always a good race good cigarette scandal just around the corner. Join us every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and noon on the left coast right here on TFRLive.com. America's Evil Genius, Travis Cook, on TruthFrequencyRadio.com. You are now tuned into the truth frequency. Your protection from deception. TFR. And in those days, there were giants in the land. And the sons of the angels of God looked upon the daughters of men and found them fair. And took of them wives, and their sons became of old great men of renown. So they have been mixing with us on a genetic level since the time of Enoch and Ezekiel's will. Heaven earth were retrieved by the sun, moon, and stars in a mansion that's got to be planets like ours. So conceive of a face on the surface of Mars. So in need of a meeting and purpose we fall. And indeed they believe that they signed be our gods or that maybe with time we'll do right and evolve and eventually reach what they seek and then solve all the problems of man. But they really don't know that they fall. And the works of our hands are but just filthy rags So we travel the lands to dig up our past Time our lapses and limit our much of the facts Some imagine that God's came in All right, welcome back everybody for a second portion um, The amplified speed or the 1.5 that was perfect Because <laughs> it just sounded like he was speaking normally And... Um, 
I was really um, interested in what he had to say. And even though I knew about and had heard about and read about what he was talking about, it, it's so nice to hear somebody else sharing mm-hmm. that information yeah, uh, and to have somebody else as a confirming witness because I know a lot of people just think I'm crazy anyways and <laughs> you know that um, and because of that they don't really listen to or um, give any credit to to what I say yeah. <laughs> but to hear other people you know really elaborating um, and elucidating in that manner yeah I'm, I'm definitely excited uh, to check out the entire series because for him to know about and to give honor uh, and to also you know to um, to really place uh, the the targum in what because I think it's very important mm-hmm. and I think it's really life-changing when people begin to study it and understand and comprehend exactly what he was talking about how the word of the Lord is given so much precedence and brought forth in a light that is not found in the King James or the other modern English translations. And it's so unfortunate that wherever they did, because I think it was purpose, uh, you know, that they purposely removed the Targum, because you can't take 217 allusions to the word in the first five books of the Pentateuch out and it'd be an accident you know Uh I mean that that just does not that would not happen and so it was a purposeful removal to try to hide and to confuse and to keep people in the dark with regard to Yahushua being the word and being the embodiment of Yahuwah in the flesh and so yeah very important and so it's good to see this individual um really bringing forth this knowledge in that manner yeah he does a i i like his style and uh, I'm, I'm a linear person i like to you know take me on a progression build you know start mm-hmm. as early as you can and build up to where you're trying to get me to and take me along the journey you know and i, mm-hmm. I thought he did a really good job of that the first part uh, he makes the case for Yeshua being the messenger or angel of the Lord, you know, throughout the yeah, scripture, but right. also the word. I mean, there are different uh, phrases that are used for him, you know, and he's, I'm in complete agreement with him because Yeshua is the, the uh, angel slash messenger of the Lord. He's the word of the Lord. Right. He's the right hand arm of the Lord. You know, right? Uh, and he's he's showing how Yahuwah interacted with us through this being that we know yeah. as now as Yeshua or Jesus Christ. You know, but right. in the Old Testament, how he was understood. Uh, I, I just thought he did such a great job, and uh, and then he toward the end he he gets into where how in the later centuries, like in the two hundreds and three hundreds, uh, different doctrines started being put forward that get us away from understanding all that and how right. why we are missing it you know today mm-hmm. uh yeah so i i put the link it, it's it's been shared in the uh youtube chat but also in the um uh skype chat i put in there for you i think you'll great, really great. really really enjoy it yeah i appreciate that 
Well, yeah. very cool. Well, um, on that note, I yeah. think we should get into it. Okay. Um, I left off in Joshua 51. I didn't get to finish that chapter before the show ended last week. I got as far as chapter 51, verse 43. So I can pick up from there. Um and then we uh, we're up to Genesis 45 next. So let me just take a quick look at Genesis 45 and see where it begins. Okay, Genesis 45 begins where he reveals himself to his brothers. Brothers, he, yeah. he, he couldn't take it anymore. He says, "Okay, guess what, guys? It's me." Um, so let me see if I can get us that far in Joshua. All right, sounds good. All right, and Simeon said, "This is chapter 51, verse 44." And Simeon said unto his brethren, None of you must say that this is the smiting of an Egyptian, but it is the smiting of the house of my father. And after this, Joseph ordered him to be called, who was set over the storehouse, to fill their sacks with corn as much as they could carry, and to restore every man's money into his sack, and to give them provision for the road. And thus did he unto them. And Joseph commanded them, saying, Take heed, lest you transgress my orders to bring your brother, as I have told you. And it shall be, when you bring your brother hither unto me, then will I know that you are true men, and you shall traffic in the land, and I will restore unto you your brother, and you shall return in peace to your father. And they all answered and said, According as our Lord speaketh, so will we do. And they bowed down to him to the ground. And every man lifted his corn upon his ass, and they went out to go to the land of Canaan to their father. And they went to the inn, and Levi spread his sack to give provender to his ass, when he saw, and behold, his money in full weight was still in his sack. And the man was greatly afraid, and he said unto his brother, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And when the men were greatly afraid, and they said, What is this that God hath done unto us? And they all said, And where is the Lord's kindness with our fathers, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that the Lord has this day delivered us into the hands of the king of Egypt to contrive against us? And Judah said unto them, Surely we are guilty sinners before the Lord our God, and having sold our brother our own flesh. And wherefore do you say, Where is the Lord's kindness with our fathers? And Reuben said unto them, Said I not unto you, Do not sin against the lad, and you would not listen to me? Now God requireth him from us, and how dare you say, Where is the Lord's kindness with our fathers, whilst you have sinned unto the Lord? And they tarried overnight in that place, and they rose up early in the morning, and laded their asses with corn, and they led them, and went on, to, and came to their father's house in the land of Canaan. And Jacob and his household went out to meet his sons, and Jacob saw, and behold, their brother Simeon was not with them. And Jacob said unto his sons, Where is your brother Simeon, whom I do not see? And his sons told him all that had befallen them in Egypt. Chapter 52. And they entered their house, and every man opened his sack, and they saw, and behold, every man's bundle of money was there, at which they and their father were greatly terrified. And Jacob said unto them, What is this that you have done to me? I sent your brother Joseph to... I sent your brother Joseph to inquire after your welfare, and you said unto me, A wild beast to devour him. And Simeon went with you to buy food, and you say the king of Egypt hath confined him in prison. And you wish to take Benjamin to cause his death also, and bring down my gray hairs and sorrow to the grave on account of Benjamin and his brother Joseph? Now therefore my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone." And mischief shall befall him by the way in which you go, as it befell his brother. 
And Reuben said unto his father, Thou shalt slay my two sons, if I do not bring thy son, and place him before thee. And Jacob said unto his sons, Abide ye here, and do not go down to Egypt, for my son shall not go down with you to Egypt, nor die like his brother. And Judah said unto him, Refrain ye from him until the corn is finished. And he will then say, Take down your brother, when he will find his own life and the life of his household in danger from the famine. And in those days the famine was sore throughout the land, and all the people of the earth went and came to Egypt to buy food. For the famine prevailed greatly against them. And the sons of Jacob remained in Canaan a year and two months until their corn was finished. So <laughs> Simeon's sitting down there for a year and two months. <laughs> Fourteen months. Wow, dude. <laughs> That's, oh. And it came to pass... After their corn was finished, the whole household of Jacob was pinched with hunger, and all the infants of the sons of Jacob came together, and they approached Jacob, and they all surrounded him, and they said unto him, Give us bread, and wherefore shall we all perish through hunger in thy presence? Jacob heard the words of his son's children, and he wept a great weeping, and his pity was aroused for them. And Jacob called unto his sons, and they all came and sat before him. And Jacob said unto them, And have you not seen how your children have been weeping over me this day, saying, Give us unto us bread and there is none now therefore return and buy for us a little food and Judah answered and said unto his father if thou wilt send our brother with us we will go down and buy corn for thee and if thou wilt not send him then we will not go down for surely the king of Egypt particularly enjoyed us enjoined us saying you shall not see my face unless your brother be with you for the king of Egypt is a strong and mighty king and before and behold if we shall go to him with out our brother, we shall all be put to death. Dost thou not know, and hast thou not heard, that this king is very powerful and wise, and there is not like unto him in all the earth? Behold, we have seen all the kings of the earth, and we have not seen one like that king, the king of Egypt. Surely amongst all the kings of the earth there is none greater than Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Yet the king of Egypt is greater and mightier than he, and Abimelech can only be compared to one of his officers. Father, has not thou hast not seen his palace and his throne and all his servants standing before him? Thou hast not seen that king upon his throne in his pomp and royal appearance, dressed in his kingly robes with a large golden crown upon his head? Thou hast not seen the glory and the honor and glory which God has given unto him, for there is not like unto him in all the earth. Father, thou hast not seen the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge which God has given in his heart nor heard his sweet voice when he spake unto us. We know not, Father, who made him acquainted with our names and all that befell us, yet he asked also after thee, saying, Is your father still living, and is it well with him? Thou hast not seen the affairs of the government of Egypt regulated by him without inquiring of Pharaoh his lord. Thou hast not seen the awe and fear which he impressed upon all the Egyptians. And also when we went from him, we threatened to do unto Egypt like unto the rest of the cities of the Amorites, and we were exceedingly wroth against all his words which he spoke concerning us as spies. And now when we shall again come before him, his terror will, befall, will fall upon us all, and not one of us will be able to speak unto him either a little or a great thing. Now therefore, Father, send we pray thee the lad with us, and we will go down and buy thee food for our support, and not die through hunger." And Jacob said, Why have you dealt so ill with me to tell the king that you had a brother? 
What is this thing that you have done unto me? And Judah said unto Jacob his father, Give the lad into my care, and we will rise up and go down to Egypt and buy corn, and then return. And it shall be when we return, if the lad be not with us, then let me bear the, thy blame forever. Hast thou seen all our infants weeping over thee through hunger, and there is no power in thy hand to satisfy them? Now let thy pity be roused for them, and send our brother with us, and we will go. For how will the Lord's kindness to our ancestors be manifested to thee when thou sayest that the king of Egypt will take away thy son? As the Lord liveth, I will not leave him until I bring him and place him before thee. But pray for us unto the Lord that he may deal kindly with us to cause us to be received favorably and kindly before the king of Egypt and his men. For had we not delayed, surely now we had returned a second time with thy son. And Jacob said unto his sons, I trust in the Lord God that he may deliver you and give you favor in the sight of the king of Egypt and in the sight of all his men. Now therefore rise up and go to the man and take for him in your hands a present from what can be obtained in the land and bring it before him. And may the Almighty God give you mercy before him that he may send Benjamin and Simeon your brethren with you. And all the men rose up and they took their brother Benjamin and they took in their hands a large present of the best of the land, and they also took a double portion of silver. And Jacob strictly commanded his sons concerning Benjamin, saying, Take heed of him in the way in which you are going, and do not separate yourselves from him in the road, neither in Egypt. And Jacob rose up from his sons and spread forth his hands, and he prayed unto the Lord on account of his sons, saying, O Lord God of heaven and earth, remember thy covenant with our father Abraham. Remember it with my father Isaac. And deal kindly with my sons, and deliver them not into the hands of the king of Egypt. Do it, I pray thee, O God, for the sake of thy mercies, and redeem all my children, and rescue them from Egyptian power, and send them their two brothers. And all the wives of the sons of Jacob and their children lifted up their eyes to heaven, and they all wept before the Lord, and cried unto him to deliver their fathers from the hand of the king of Egypt. And Jacob wrote a record to the king of Egypt and gave it into the hand of Judah and into the hands of his sons for the king of Egypt, saying, From thy servant Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham, the Hebrew, the prince of God, to the powerful and wise king, the revealer of secrets, king of Egypt, greeting. Be it known to my lord, the king of Egypt, the famine was sore upon us in the land of Canaan, and I sent my sons to thee to buy us a little food from thee for our support. For my sons surrounded me, and I, being very old, cannot see with my eyes. For my sons have become very heavy through age, as well as with daily weeping for my son. For Joseph, who was lost from before me, and I commanded my sons that they should not enter the gates of the city when they came to Egypt, on account of the inhabitants of the land. And I also commanded them to go about Egypt to seek for my son Joseph, perhaps they might find him there. And they did so, and thou didst consider them as spies of the land. Have we not heard concerning thee that thou didst interpret Pharaoh's dream, and didst speak truly unto him? How then dost thou not know in thy wisdom whether my sons are spies or not? Now therefore, my lord and king, behold, I have sent my son before thee, as thou didst speak unto my sons. I beseech thee to put thy eyes upon him until he is returned to me in peace, with his brethren. For thou dost, for dost thou not know, or hast thou not heard, that which our God did unto Pharaoh when he took my mother Sarah, 
and what he did unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, on account of her, and also what our father Abraham did unto the nine kings of Elam, how he smote them all with a few men that were with him, and also what my two sons Simeon and Levi did unto the eight cities of the Amorites, how they destroyed them on account of their sister Dinah, and also on account of their brother Benjamin, they consoled themselves for the loss of his brother Joseph, that they will then do for him when they see the hand of any people prevailing over them for his sake. Dost thou not know, O king of Egypt, that the power of God is with us, and that also God ever heareth our prayers, and forsake us, uh, us not all the days? And when my sons told me of thy dealings with them, I called not unto the Lord on account of thee. For then thou wouldst have perished with thy men before my son Benjamin came before thee. But I sought but I thought that Simeon, my son, was in thy house. Perhaps thou mightest deal kindly with him. Therefore I did not this thing unto thee. Now therefore, behold, Benjamin, my son, cometh with unto thee with my sons. Take heed of him, and put thy eyes upon him, and then will God place his eyes over thee, and throughout thy kingdom. Now I have told thee all that is in my heart. And behold, my sons are coming to thee with their brother. Examine the face of the whole earth for their sake, and send them back in peace with their brethren. And Jacob gave the record to his sons into the care of Judah to give it unto the king of Egypt. <laughs> it's quite a, a, a gutsy thing to do. <laughs> but mm -hmm. you know, for good reasons. I mean, he's like, look, look what God has done yeah. for us so many times. He's unbinding them. Yeah. He, he's, he, I think he wrote the letter more for himself than anything, you know. Uh -huh. uh, but certainly, you know, it's a, he's being pretty firm there. And I, you got to know that Joseph, right. when he read that, is like, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, when he reads this, this is pretty cool. All right, I'll keep going. Uh, chapter right. 53. And the sons of Jacob rose up and took Benjamin and the whole of the presence, and they went and came to Egypt, and they stood before Joseph. And Joseph beheld his brother Benjamin with them, and he saluted them. And these men came to Joseph's house. And Joseph commanded the superintendent of his house to give to his brethren to eat, and he did so unto them. And at noon time, Joseph sent for the men to come before him with Benjamin. And the men told the superintendent of Joseph's house concerning the silver that was returned in their sacks. And he said unto them, It will be well with you, fear not. And he brought their brother Simeon unto them. And Simeon said unto his brethren, The Lord of the Egyptians has acted very kindly unto me. He did not keep me bound, as you saw with your eyes. For when you went out from the city, he let me free, and dealt kindly with me in his house. And Judah took Benjamin by the hand, and they came before Joseph, and they bowed down to him to the ground. And the men gave the present unto Joseph, and they all sat before him. And Joseph said unto them, Is it well with you? Is it well with your children? Is it well with your aged father? And they said, It is well. And Judah took the record which Jacob had sent and gave it into the hand of Joseph. And Joseph read the letter and knew his father's writing, and he wished to weep. And he went into an inner room, and he wept a great weeping, and he went out. And he lifted up his eyes and beheld his brother Benjamin. And he said, Is this your brother of whom you spoke unto me? And Benjamin approached Joseph, and Joseph placed his hand upon his head, and he said unto him, May God be gracious unto thee, my son. And when Joseph saw his brother, the son of his mother, he again wished to weep. And he entered the chamber, and he wept there. And he washed his face, and went out, and refrained from weeping, and said, Prepare food. And Joseph had a cup 
from which he drank, and it was of silver beautifully inlaid with onyx stones and bedelium. And Joseph struck the cup in the sight of his brethren whilst they were sitting to eat with him. And Joseph said unto the men, I know by this cup that Reuben, the firstborn, Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, Iskar, and Zebulun are children from one mother. Seat yourselves to eat according to your births. And he also placed the others according to their births. And he said, I know that this your youngest brother has no brother, and I, like him, have no brother. He shall therefore sit down to eat with me. And Benjamin went up before Joseph and sat upon the throne. And the men beheld the acts of Joseph, and they were astonished at them. And the men ate and drank at the time with Joseph. And he then gave presents unto them. And Joseph gave one gift unto Benjamin and Manasseh. And Ephraim saw the acts of their father, and they also gave presents unto them. And Osnath gave him one present, and they were five presents in the hand of Benjamin. And Joseph brought them out wine to drink, and they would not drink. And they said, From the day on which Joseph was lost, we have not drunk wine, nor eaten any delicacies. And Joseph swore unto them, and he pressed them hard, and they drank plentifully with him on that day. And Joseph afterward turned to his brother Benjamin to speak with him. And Benjamin was still sitting upon the throne before Joseph. And Joseph said unto him, Hast thou begotten any children? And he said, Thy servant has ten sons, and these are their names, Bela, Becher, Ashbal, Jerah, Naaman, Aki, Rosh, Mupim, Chupim, and Ord. And I called their names after my brother, whom I have not seen. And he ordered them to bring before him his map of the stars, whereby Joseph knew all the times. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, I have heard that the Hebrews are acquainted with all wisdom. Dost thou know anything of this? And Benjamin said, Thy servant is knowing also in all the wisdom which my father taught me. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, Look now at this instrument, and understand where thy brother Joseph is in Egypt, who you said went down to Egypt. And Benjamin beheld that instrument which the, with the map of the stars of heaven. And he was wise and looked therein to know where his brother was. And Benjamin divided the whole land of Egypt into four divisions. And he found that he who was sitting upon the throne before him was his brother Joseph. And Benjamin wondered greatly. And when Joseph saw that his brother Benjamin was so much astonished, he said unto Benjamin, What hast thou seen, and why art thou astonished? And Benjamin said unto Joseph, I can see by this that Joseph, my brother, sitteth here with me upon the throne. And Joseph said unto him, I am Joseph thy brother. Reveal not this thing unto thy brethren. Behold, I will send thee with them when they go away, and I will command them to be brought back again into the city, and I will take thee away from them. And if they dare their lives and fight for thee, then shall I know that they have repented of what they did unto me, and I will make myself known to them. And if they forsake thee when I take thee, then shalt thou remain with me, and I will wrangle with them, and they shall go away, and I will not become known to them. At that time Joseph commanded his officer to fill their sacks with food, and to put each man's money into his sack, and to put the cup in the sack of Benjamin, and to give them provision for the road. And they did so unto them. And on the next day the men rose up early in the morning, and they loaded their asses with their corn, and they went forth with Benjamin, and they went to the land of Canaan with their brother Benjamin. They had not gone far from Egypt when Joseph commanded them 
I commanded him that was set over his house, saying, Rise, pursue these men before they get too far from Egypt, and say to them, Why have you stolen my master's cup? And Joseph's officer rose up, and he reached them, and he spoke unto them all the words of Joseph. And when they heard this thing, they became exceedingly wroth. And they said, "We, He with whom thy master's cup shall be found shall die, and we will also become slaves. And they hastened, and each man brought down his sack from his ass, and they looked in their bags, and the cup was found in Benjamin's bag. And they all tore their garments, and they returned to the city, and they smote Benjamin in the road continually smiting him until they came into the city and they stood before Joseph. <laughs> Benjamin's getting beat up here. And Judah's anger was kindled. And he said, This man has only brought me back to destroy Egypt this day. And the men came to Joseph's house and they found Joseph sitting upon his throne and all the mighty men standing at his right and left. And Joseph said unto them, What is this act that you have done? that you took away my silver cup and went away. But I know that you took my cup in order to know thereby in what part of the land your brother was. And Judas said, Whoop. All right. We'll be right back, everyone, for a second hour. Truth Frequency Radio is your number one source for news and information without the hate, hype, and fear. We're proud to feature cutting-edge programs like The Christopher Everard Show, The Covert Report with Susan Lindauer, Enemy Within Radio with Tom Barnes, Freaky Friday with The Woo Crew, The Gematria Effect with Zachary Hubbard, America's Evil Genius with Travis Cook, Phoenix Rising Radio with Phoenix. Quantum Connections with Lucky. And dozens more. Did you know? You can listen from any telephone by dialing 641-793-7117. Or call into your favorite show toll-free at 833-TFR-LIVE. Uncensored talking news you won't hear in the mainstream media. Truth Frequency Radio, your protection from deception. It's the Onion Radio News. An ascending soul already misses his possessions. This is Doyle Redland reporting. Moments after an unfortunate traffic accident took his life, the soul of Huntsville, Alabama resident Dale Milton began yearning for all of the material possessions he left behind. The 29-year-old carpenter was almost instantly overcome by the sensation of his beloved items passing before his eyes. Milton had this to say as he drifted toward the eye of eternity. I think of all the CDs I barely got to listen to, my new laptop with the high-speed wireless, even the food in my refrigerator. Man, all that stuff is just going to go bad. Milton is now reportedly gripped by an overwhelming feeling of loss and regret as the four-disc edition of Lord of the Rings Return of the King is due to arrive at his house later this week. Female employees at Peachtree Financial in Plains, Georgia, filed a joint complaint against assistant manager Dean Marchand today, charging him with repeated acts of sexual indiscrimination in the workplace. Jan Harris is the company's human resources manager. Whether it's Kelly, that pretty bomb from sales, or Marta, that brow to triple divorcee in accountant, Dean doesn't seem to care. Fact is, 
didn't see anyone seem remotely interested in him. Harris added that Marchand is a smart, nice, well-dressed, and good-looking guy who should try to hold himself to higher standards. Longtime friends of Arizona and Michael Ziegler are saying the recent purchase of a three-bedroom ranch home in Buckeye has resulted in a new and seemingly endless fascination with molding. Ziegler's best friend, Colin Pasternak, describes his pal's mysterious change. Now, suddenly, he's lecturing me on the pros and cons of Cavetto versus beak molding. I wish he'd shut the hell up about wall niches and go back to watching Stargate SG-1. Ziegler was unavailable for comment as he was at a local hardware store looking for a deal on decorative wainscoting. Your protection from, from, from deception. This is Truth Frequency Radio. Welcome back, everybody, for a second hour. Uh, very interesting to me that um, Joseph informs Benjamin um, in that we get this from the Jasher account, but, you know, this is something also that is left out of the other accounts. It gives it a whole new uh, perspective on, you know, the the story and its unfolding. But I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Rob. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I love that. Uh, whatever instrument he brings out, it brings out a star map, and then he brings mm-hmm. out some kind of device, right. and he's like, yeah, is, is your dad taught you the ways? Oh, yeah, yeah I know this stuff. Well, check it out. <laughs> he's looking at whatever this thing is, and, and he's like, uh, this thing's telling me that uh, my brother's sitting in front of me. <laughs> like, what is Very this cool. thing? And, and, you know, I've wondered if the you've heard of the Antikytherian mechanism. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. I've wondered if yeah, that might a- have something to do with it. I actually, um, there was a lady that had written a, or brought out a whole presentation on it, and I wrote her this letter, which I haven't sent sent it to her, but I explained that with that mechanism, it can only be understood if you apply it to uh, the fact that the Earth is stable, motionless, <laughs> yeah. non-moving, and that the stars are moving in circle above it. Because that's how the mechanism, you know, displays and keeps track of, and um, and you know the mechanism as far as when they look at how it's what it's counting and how it's keeping up with the the movements of the stars. It's just like exactly what Enoch explains mm-hmm. in the book on the courses of the heavenly luminaries, which is something that I um, also spoke about to her, but I haven't finished the letter, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's very interesting. It's it, like the astrolabe, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it, did you ever see? Uh, it was a TV series came out a few years ago called Ascension. Um, is that the one where they were going to the a different, um, 
star system and they were but they never left the ground yeah they never left like earth they were yeah yeah I, I, yeah you told me about it and I watched it what a cool yeah, it show because at the very beginning of it they got, they got this like Nazi uh, project paperclip guy in his deathbed and he's mumbling right. on about the firmament and uh, and and I think it was him that gave the character uh, an astrolabe, and so it's like it was some very interesting foreshadowing that's set up. I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but uh, uh-huh. w- what a what a cool show that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was very. It, they left on a cliffhanger and never picked it up, but man, yeah, I was wondering about that too. That was really cool. So I, you know, it's just I've always wondered about this machine that he puts in front of Benjamin and, and you know, apparently you know mm-hmm. uh, the house of Jacob was uh, you know practiced in this art right of having a star right. map and some sort of instrument to interpret it is like to the point where he's like okay let me look at this he's, he's looking at a star map and then he divides Egypt into I think it's at four por- portions or something Mm-hmm. And you know, from there, he was able to first he he creates regions to narrow it down, and then it gets to the point where whatever he's looking at says, "My brother's right in front of me." So this mm-hmm. seems to lend a, a strong credibility to the whole concept of the gospel and the stars, the witness yes, and the stars. Right. Uh, Joseph Seiss and E. W. Bollinger both wrote books on it. Uh, right. that are quite extraordinary. Uh, I haven't gotten through all of the Bollinger book, but I read the Joseph Seif's book a long time ago and was just... And they're pretty much saying the same thing, at least from what I've read so far mm-hmm. of Bollinger, but um, truly fascinating, and, and which would explain why, you know, if Yahua put the the literal gospel in the stars, the whole message from Adam till the end in the stars, right. why he commanded the luminaries, like, you can't deviate. You can't step out of line. Exactly. If you step out of line, you mess up the story. Right. And, you know, we've got yeah, absolutely. what we call the planets coming from a, a Greek word that means to wander from truth, <laughs> deception, <laughs> uh, that are manifested throughout multiple cultures as sentient beings, as deities that people have worshipped in the past. That, like, I mean, the, the more you look into this stuff, the more you have to, you know, whether you choose to believe it or not, you have to, you have to accept that the people in the Bible had an enclosed world, cosmological worldview with stars being yes. sentient beings. There's no way around it, you know. Right. That's what they believed. And if they believed it, then, and if we say that what they wrote was inspired by the Holy Spirit, then by extension, you got to say, well, the Holy Spirit believes it. Yes. Now you got something to wrestle with. it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't believe it. Uh, one other it. thing. <laughs> yeah, one other thing with regard to the, uh, you know, the uh, astrology and um, the knowledge. Um, it, one of the in the the Asseter, it speaks about how Adam was given five books, and one of those was um, a book of signs, uh, as far as what was written into the stars, and he was able to read that book and also understand what was going to happen to his children that would be born throughout the generations mm-hmm. and that um you know as far as the coming of the messiah and everything as well because he was told by the word when he was banished from paradise that he would you know come and be born of a virgin and enter into flesh and take on mortal 
embodiment and that this would happen at a certain time. Mm. And another book he was given was the Book of the Generations, um, you know, as far as his children and all, uh, the Book of the Wars of the Lord, um, and then, you know, the one on the luminaries and uh, all of that. But and so he, Adam knew. And um, it also speaks about in the Perk D. Rabbi Eleazar that Abraham was instructed on the knowledge of the the constellations and the story mm-hmm. of, you know, as far as the witness of the stars. I don't know the exact details. and But, of course, he was, as we see in the writings of Abraham, um, very familiar and deeply in relationship with the Memra, the word of the Lord, and that the covenant that was made between him and Yahuwah was through the word. And so, um, you know, all of this, I'm sure, you know, the knowledge, again, the witness of the stars, uh, we see the, the Gemini, the twins, the enmity between the the bloodlines and also the mm. uh, the Genesis 3.15, the fulfillment of Yahushua uh, crushing the head of the serpent, um, and, which was, you know, the prophecy that he fulfilled when he was on the cross and, um, and Goliath's skull had been buried there, I think, 1,400 years before uh, mm. by David. And so, you know, all of the prophecy, that is exactly what is related in the story of the constellations and all of that as well. So, uh, so Abraham was very well instructed. And it even says in that book that he taught the Egyptians mm. um, and that the names of the constellations and all the stars were given to him and set, and he passed on that knowledge to all the other cultures. It would make sense because, I mean, they all had an understanding of the, you know, when I look up, I just see bright dots in the sky. I I don't, Uh you know, I mean, Orion is about the only one that I can sort of see, you know, like as a, you know, connect the dots, right? Like, okay, yeah, I can see, I can see that, but uh, like, you know, well, we call it a big dipper, but they call it a bear. Like, oh, I get the dipper, uh-huh. I don't get the bear. You know, and when I look at the Pleiades, I see yeah. a baseball cap. You know, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't see what the ancients saw. So uh-huh. you know, clearly, they had somebody had to have told them, you know, connect, exactly. the, connect. Because when you look, like, how do you know which dots to connect to make what picture? Right? I mean, they're all just right. scattered up there. How do you know that that dot connects with that dot and not the other one over there? You know. You know what I mean? Like they knew, they knew the patterns somehow. Yes. And, and multiple cultures yes. did, and they all like, and they they all knew them the same way. So right, it's like you know, okay, you know, they may have different words for them, but they knew. Well, that's a lot. That's Leo. You know what we call Leo. Yes. You know, the, or the right. Gemini. So are you saying Gemini is a reference to uh, Cain and Abel, or two seeds? I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, huh. and the enmity. Between the bloodlines, because um, that story is exactly what plays out from Genesis to, you know, Revelation from Eden to Armageddon, uh, and it's the missing link that is the skeleton key for unlocking mm-hmm. all of Scripture, in my opinion. Yeah, and the wheat and the tares, the goat and the sheep. You know. Well, for sure, and you know. Yeah, I think you and I are probably pretty much on the same page as far as the return of the Nephilim after flood, how they got here. But mm-hmm. regardless of how people believe that 
that the Nephilim returned, whether it's multiple incursions or genetic carryover or whatever, the net result's the same. We, we all have to contend with the fact that there were Nephilim before and after the and fight. After, yes, and right. and and it wasn't until I started to grasp what was really going on in Genesis three fifteen that I realized he it wasn't he was it wasn't that God was just messing around with people saying yeah you know I th- I think I'll leave the giants for them to deal with you know that should be fun you know get the popcorn uh-huh. let, let's let's see how they <laughs> handle it on the post flood side you know uh, uh-huh. like there had to have been a sovereign reason for him to allow the Nephilim yeah. to continue and I used to say that I thought it was, you know, in the pre-flood world, he wiped them out. You know, he, he essentially, he got the glory for doing it himself. In the post-flood world, mm-hmm. he decided to wipe them out through his covenant people, you know, to show yes. himself mighty through his people, which I still think is true. Right. But uh, yeah. I, I think the the greater revelation, at least for me, as a result of embracing what's going on in Genesis 3, uh, was the realization that he had to, uh, allow right. the other seed through a in order because he made yes. a he made a prophecy he made a promise he made yes. a definitive you know prophetic statement that if he didn't allow the that both seeds to go through the flood that that pr- prophecy could not be fulfilled right so I was like wow okay yeah. that puts it in a whole other perspective he had to allow it because he made a prophecy exactly. that was right. let both grow together until the time of the end yeah Man, you know, it's just one of those many things that all of a sudden, you know, all the pieces start to fall into place once you finally, right. you know, get it. And and it's like that uh, that uh, Olive Branch Ministry video that I played earlier. That you know, he he says, look, this is either gonna you know really um, encourage and strengthen your faith, or it's going to destroy it. <laughs> like this, mm-hmm. this you know, it depends on how you how you receive the information, you know. Right, uh, you know the way he presents it, it's like you know if you're locked into a certain paradigm dogma, you know that you're like oh, this is the way, and then this is gonna shake you up, <laughs> you know. But yes. if, if you're willing to listen, hear the whole matter out, search the scriptures, and let scripture speak for itself, well, you might have to get rid of some of your opinion and let you know the scriptures, you know, just say what it says, and accept yes. it. Yes, especially when you read the Targum, because you know serpent seed is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty affirmed without a doubt. Well, yeah, and now that I realize that you know, this guy would have been, you know, as at least according as Michael, the guy that uh, was doing that video, he said that he would have been probably old, but a contemporary of contemporary, y- right? Yeshua, just you know, like for, yeah, Rabbi Eliezer, uh, he was the high priest during that time. Yeah, so for. A, a period of time, you know, they would have overlapped, and you know, yes. e- even though there, you know, Yeshua does a lot of rebuking of the Pharisaical doctrines and Pharisees and Sadducees and stuff that came out of Babylon, I don't see him making any corrections to uh, to Targum. You know, right. I, I see him making corrections to what would later become Talmud. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the the yes. the oral traditions that were added to the river. right. That's what I right. see him, you know, constantly, you know, messing with them on and you know coming up against. Right. But right. you know, when it comes to these other things and realizing that that this is what he probably read for you that or the Septuagint, maybe yeah. just, you know, say that Yeshua would have read from the. He would have read from one of two things: either the Aramaic Targum or the Septuagint, and or commented on both. Yes, you know, exactly. 
Right, I agree both. That's uh, that's pretty extraordinary. Um, and, and the other thing is, like with Josher, um, this cleared that what I just read cleared some things up too because I was always a little bit tripped up about the divining deal. You know, didn't you know uh-huh. that somebody like me would you know divine? And I think he was. I don't think he was into divination. I think that Josher clears the whole thing up. Is he yes. he knew his brothers yeah, who they were, but he was messing with right. them. So he's like, "Oh, right. this cup is telling me you, <laughs> you four are born from one mother, and you shall be seated." So he <laughs> totally jacking with them, <laughs> like right. you know, capitalizing right. on the mystique of uh, the Egyptians, you know, or whatever, uh, yes. making them <laughs> making them think that this cup revealed to him, you know, the birth order. Right. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, man, it's awesome. All right, I'll continue. Uh, right. And the next chapter is pretty long, so that, that's probably going to take us to the end of the show. But uh, so, right. so you get you, 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 you might get lucky this one, not have to do much. And sit back, <laughs> yeah, sit, just back sit back and write shotgun. Yeah, try not to fall asleep <laughs> on you. Okay, let's see here. And Joseph said unto them, What is this act that you have done that you took away my silver cup and went away? But I know that you took my cup in order to know thereby in what part of the land your brother was. And Judah said, What shall we say to our Lord? What shall we speak? And how shall we justify ourselves? God this day found the iniquity of all thy servants. Therefore he has done this thing to us this day. And Joseph rose up and caught hold of Benjamin and took him from his brethren with violence. And he came to the house and locked the door at them. And Joseph commanded him that was set over his house that he should say unto them, Thus saith the king, Go in peace to your father. Behold, I have taken the man in whose hand my cup was found. And Benjamin's playing along with this, which is kind of, it's kind of cool. You know, they right. were, you know, because yeah, that's another aspect that, you know, we were not familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he got beaten by it <laughs> <laughs> on the way home. That's what's amazing. You know, he's, 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 they're like, How could you do this? <laughs> They're beating him all the way right. and he knows the truth. Like he knows I didn't do yeah, it. Like, exactly. So you know that's just well, I, you know I think you know because Benjamin and Joseph, you know they're they're brothers from the same mother. You know they were right. obviously been you know really close, even though Benjamin yes. was really young. Um, I I think he like you know they deserve whatever they got coming to him. So he's like okay I'll, right. I'll play along with my brother to the point where he's even willing to take a beating all the way back. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, chapter 54. And and I think this is where Judah gets in his face, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Either that's from the target, my friend. Yeah. But we'll find and he had, you know, they had to stop, otherwise Judah was going to get very, <laughs> very angry. <laughs> yeah, it could have got, it could have become, you know, Joseph's little game could have become very volatile. Ugly. Pretty right. quick. Yeah, exactly. All right, chapter 54. And when Judah saw the dealings of Joseph with them, Judah approached him and broke open the door and came with his brethren before Joseph. <laughs> he kicks open the door. Uh, Judah said unto Joseph, <laughs> Let it not seem grievous in the sight of my Lord. May thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word before thee. And Joseph said unto him, Speak. And Judah, Judah spoke before Joseph and his brethren were there standing before them. And Judah said unto Joseph, Surely when we first came to our Lord to buy food, thou didst consider us as spies of the land, and we brought Benjamin before thee, and thou still makest sport of us this day. Now therefore let the king hear my words, and send, I pray thee, our brother, that he may go along with us to our father, lest thy soul perish this day with all the souls 
of the inhabitants of Egypt. Dost thou not know what two of my brethren, Simeon and Levi, did into the city of Shechem, and unto seven cities of the Amorites on account of our sister Dinah, and also what they would do for the sake of their brother Benjamin? And I with my strength, who am greater and mightier than both of them, come this day upon thee and thy land, if thou art unwilling to send our brother. He's like, you know what my two brothers did? Look, I'm stronger than both of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Hast thou not heard what our God, who made choice of us, did unto Pharaoh on account of Sarah, our mother, whom he took away from our father? that he smote him and his household with heavy plagues, that even unto this day the Egyptians relate this wonder to each other. So will our God do unto thee on account of Benjamin, Benjamin, whom thou hast this day taken from his father, and on account of the evils which thou this day heapest over us in thy land. For our God will remember his covenant with our father Abraham and bring evil upon thee, because thou hast grieved the soul of our father this day. Now therefore hear my words that I have this day spoken unto thee, and send our brother that he may go away, lest thou and the people of thy land die by the sword, for you cannot all prevail over me. And Joseph answered Judah, saying, Why hast thou opened wide thy mouth, and why dost thou boast over us, saying, Strength is with thee? As Pharaoh liveth, if I command all my valiant men to fight with you, surely thou and thy brethren would sink in the mire. And Judah said unto Joseph, Surely it becometh thee and thy people to fear me. As the Lord liveth, if I once draw my sword, I shall not sheathe it again until I shall this day have slain all Egypt, and I will commence with thee and finish with Pharaoh thy master. <laughs> Dude. And Joseph answered and said unto him, Surely strength belongeth not alone to thee. I am stronger and mightier than thou. Surely if thou drawest thy sword, I will put it to thy neck and the necks of all thy brethren. <laughs> Judah said unto him, Surely if I this day open my mouth against thee, I would swallow thee up, that thou be destroyed from off the earth, and perish this day from the kingdom. And Joseph said, Surely if thou openest thy mouth, I have power and might to close thy mouth with a stone until thou shalt not be able to utter a word. See how many stones are before us? Truly, I can take a stone and force it into thy mouth and break thy jaws. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and Judah right. said, he, you know, he's got to be like... <laughs> Judah, J Joseph's having a lot of fun here, but... Uh, oh, yeah. He, he, it's getting hot here. <clears throat> and, right. And Judah said, God has witnessed between us that we have not hitherto desired to battle with thee. Only give us our brother, and we will go from thee. And Joseph answered and said, As Pharaoh liveth, if all the kings of Canaan came together with you, you should not take him from my hand. Now therefore go your way to your father, and your brother shall be unto me for a slave, for he has robbed the king's house. And Judah said, what is it to thee or to the character of the king? Surely the king sendeth forth from his house throughout the land silver and gold, either in gifts or expenses. And thou still talkest about thy cup, which thou didst place in our brother's bag, and saith that he has stolen it from thee? God forbid that our brother Benjamin or any of the seed of Abraham should do this thing to steal from thee or from anyone else, whether king, prince, or any man. Now therefore cease this accusation, lest the whole earth hear my words, saying, For a little silver the king of Egypt wrangled with the men, and he accused them, and took their brother for a slave. And Joseph answered and said, 
Take unto you this cup and go from me and leave your brother for a slave, for it is the judgment of a thief to be a slave. And Judah said, Why art thou not ashamed of thy words to leave our brother and to take thy cup? Surely if thou givest us thy cup for or a thousand times as much, we will not leave our brother for the silver which is found in the hand of any man, that we will not die over him. And Joseph answered, And why did you forsake your brother and sell him for twenty pieces of silver unto this day? And why then will you not do the same to this your brother? And Judas said, The Lord is witness between me and thee that we desire not thy battles. Now therefore give us our brother, and we will go from thee without quarreling. And Joseph said and answered and said, If all the kings of the land should assemble, they will not be able to take your brother from my hand. And Judas said, What shall we say unto our father when he seeth that our brother cometh not with us, and will grieve over him? And Joseph answered and said, This is the thing which you shall tell your father, saying, The rope has gone before has gone after the bucket. And Judas said, Surely thou art a king, and why speakest thou these things, giving a false judgment? Woe unto the king who is like unto thee. And Joseph said, answered and said, There is no false judgment in the world, word that I spoke on account of your brother Joseph, for all of you sold him to the Midianites for twenty pieces of silver, and you all denied it to your father, and said unto him, An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. And Judas said, Behold, the fire of Shem burneth in your, my heart now. I will burn all your land with fire. And Joseph answered and said, Surely thy sister-in-law Tamar, who killed your sons, extinguished the fire of Shechem. <laughs> He's oh, like, really jacking with him here. And, okay. and Judas said, If I pluck out a single hair from my flesh, I will fill all Egypt with its blood. And Joseph answered and said, such is your custom to do as you did to your brother whom you sold. You dipped his coat in blood and brought it to your father in order that he might say Ooh. an evil beast devoured him, and here is his blood. And when Judah heard this thing, he was exceedingly wroth, and his anger burned within him, and there was before him in that place a stone, the weight of which was about four hundred shekels. <laughs> Judah's anger was kindled, and he took the stone in one hand and cast it to the heavens and caught it with his left hand. <laughs> and he placed it afterward under his legs, and he sat upon it, and all his strength, and w with all his strength, and the stone was turned to dust from the force of Judah. He <laughs> he threw it up in the air, sat on it, and busted into dust. <laughs> Dang, dude! And Joseph saw the act of Judah, and he was very much afraid. But he commanded Manasseh, his son, and he also did with another stone like unto the act of Judah. And Judah said unto his brethren, Let not any of you say, This man is an Egyptian, but by his doing this thing he is of our father's family. And Joseph said, Not to you only is strength given, for we are also powerful men. And why will you boast over us all? And Judah said unto Joseph, Send, I pray thee, our brother, and ruin not my country this day, thy country this day. And Joseph answered and said unto them, Man, we're going to break already. Wow. Hey. All right, we'll be right back, everyone, for final seconds. Extendivite, a seven-herb combination made from garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, 
ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. Extendivite feeds our body with the right nutrients to keep us healthy. Just listen to what Arthur has to say. I was just calling to tell you what a great product you have. I had used this about, oh, 10 years ago after I had congestive heart failure. And it fixed me up and got me going for the last 10 years. Lately, I've been having heart trouble again. So I placed another order because this was the only thing that ever worked. And I just wanted to let you know that you have a great product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Okay, nurse, let's get this man to the ER staff. Right away, doctor. We see this every day heart attack or angina pain due to blocked and clogged arteries. Chelation can remove obstructions or blockages from arteries and help avoid painful and expensive surgery. Now there's Angioprim. It's a liquid oral chelation product that you take with juice. You start to feel the results fast. Angioprim increases blood flow all over the body and that means more energy and strength to take on the day with less aches and pains. 60 years of research has gone into chelation and Angioprim is the result. A safe and easy way to unblock your veins and arteries from buildup that slow circulation. Paging Dr. Jones, please report to the emergency room right away. Log on now for a special radio offer from Angioprim. That's angioprim.com slash radio. A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M. Angioprim.com slash radio or call 877-882-7221. That's 877-882-7221. Once in a decade, a true story comes along that remembers the future. After six Amazon bestsellers, I have completed the epic birth trilogy, A True Story of Earth. By reading the Birth Trilogy, you will journey with the characters from the origin of Earth to its final destiny in a white-knuckle ride that combines the intrigue of Tom Clancy with the epic scope of Prometheus and Interstellar. You will learn more about the purpose of life, the mystery of death, and the true nature of your soul than you thought possible. The Birth Trilogy is now available on Amazon and Kindle. The audio version is a free bonus when you buy the paperback, so even if you're not a great reader, don't worry about it. I read it for you. Use the Amazon app today and buy The Birth Trilogy, spelled B-E-A-R-T-H, or search for my name. I'm Brooks Agnew. Real people, real radio. Initiating the truth frequency. This is Truth Frequency Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, for a final segment. I'll turn it back over to you, Rob. Okay. Uh, hang on a second. <clears throat> All right. And Joseph answered and said unto them, Go and tell your father, an evil beast has devoured him, as you said concerning your brother Joseph. And Judah spoke to his brother Naphtali, and he said unto him, Make haste, go now, number all the streets of Egypt, and come and tell me. And Simeon said unto him, Let not this thing be a trouble to thee. Now I will go to the mount, and take up one large stone from the mount, and level it at every one in Egypt, and kill all that are in it. And Joseph heard all these words that his brethren spoke before him, and they did not know that Joseph understood them, for they imagined that he knew not to speak Hebrew. And Joseph was greatly afraid at the words of his brethren, lest they should destroy Egypt. And he commanded his son Manasseh, saying, Go now, make haste, and gather unto me all the inhabitants of Egypt and all the valiant men together, and let them come to me now upon horseback and on foot with all sorts of musical instruments. And Manasseh went and did so. And Naphtali went as Judah had commanded him, for Naphtali was light-footed as one of the swift stags, and he would go upon the ears of corn, and they would not break under him. And he went and numbered all the streets of Egypt and found them to be twelve. And he came hastily and told Judah. And Judah said unto his brethren, Hasten you and put on every man his sword upon his loins, and we will come over Egypt and smite them all, and let not a remnant remain. And Judah said, Behold, I will destroy three of the streets with my strength, and you shall each destroy one street. And when Judah was speaking this thing, behold, the inhabitants of Egypt and all the mighty men came toward them with all sorts of musical instruments and loud shouting. And their number was 500 cavalry and 10,000 infantry and 400 men who could fight without sword or spear, only with their hands and strength. And all the mighty men came with great storming and shouting, and they all surrounded the sons of Jacob and terrified them. And the ground quaked at the sound of their shouting. And when the sons of Jacob saw these troops, they were greatly afraid of their lives. And Joseph did so in order to terrify the sons of Jacob to become tranquilized. And Judah, seeing some of his brethren terrified, said unto them, Why are you afraid whilst the grace of God is with us? And when Judah saw the people of Egypt surrounding them at the command of Joseph to terrify them, only Joseph commanded them, saying, do not touch any of them. Then Judah hastened and drew his sword and uttered a loud and bitter scream. And he smote with the sword and he sprang upon the ground and he still continued to shout against all the people. And when he did this thing, the Lord caused the terror of Judah and his brethren to fall upon the valiant men and all the people that surrounded them. And they all fled at the sound of the shouting and they were terrified and fell upon the other. And many of them died as they fell and they all fled from before Judah and his brethren and from before Joseph. And whilst they were fleeing, Judah and his brethren pursued them unto the house of Pharaoh, and they all escaped. And Judah again sat before Joseph and roared at him like a lion and gave a great and tremendous shriek at him. And the shriek was heard at a distance, and all the inhabitants of Sukkoth heard it, and all Egypt quaked at the sound of the shriek, and also the walls of Egypt and of the land of Goshen fell in from the shaking of the earth and Pharaoh also fell from his throne upon the ground and also all the pregnant women of Egypt and Goshen miscarried when they heard the noise of the shaking for they were terribly afraid and Pharaoh sent word saying what is this thing that this day happened in the land of Egypt and they came and told him all the things from beginning to end and Pharaoh was alarmed and he wondered and was greatly afraid and this could have got Joseph in a lot of trouble here right. <laughs> uh, and his fright increased when he heard all these things and he sent unto Joseph saying 
Thou hast brought unto me the Hebrews to destroy all Egypt? What wilt thou do with the thievish slave? Send him away, and let him go with his brethren, and let us not perish through their evil, even we, you, and all Egypt. And if thou desireth not to do this thing, cast off from thee all my valuable things, and go with them to their land, if thou delightest in it. For they will this day destroy my whole country, and slay all my people. Even all the women of Egypt have miscarried through their screams. See what they have done merely by their shouting and speaking? Moreover, if they fight with the sword, they will destroy the land. Now therefore choose that which thou desirest, whether me or the Hebrews, whether Egypt or the land of the Hebrews. And they came and told Joseph all the words of Pharaoh that he had said concerning him. And Joseph was greatly afraid at the words of Pharaoh. And Judah and his brethren were still standing before Joseph, indignant and enraged. And all the sons of Jacob roared at Joseph like the roaring of the sea and its waves. Joseph was greatly afraid of his brethren and on account of Pharaoh. And Joseph sought a pretext to make himself known unto his brethren, lest they should destroy all of Egypt. And Joseph commanded his son Manasseh. Manasseh went and approached Judah and placed his hand upon his shoulder, and the anger of Judah was stilled. And Judah said unto his brethren, Let no one of you slay or say that this is the act of an Egyptian youth, for this is the work of my father's house. And Joseph, seeing and knowing that Judah's anger was stilled, he approached to speak unto Judah in the language of mildness. And Joseph said unto Judah, Surely you speak truth, and have this day verified your assertions concerning your strength. And may your God, who delighteth in you, increase your welfare. But tell me truly, why from amongst all thy brethren dost thou wrangle with me on account of the lad? As none of them have spoken one word to me concerning him. And Judah answered Joseph, saying, Surely thou must know that I was security for the lad to his father, saying, If I brought him not unto him, I should bear his blame forever. Therefore I approach thee from amongst all my brethren, for I saw that thou wast unwilling to suffer him to go from thee. Now therefore may I find grace in thy sight, that thou shalt send him to go with us. And behold, I will remain as a substitute for him, to serve thee in whatever thou desirest. For whatever, for wheresoever thou shalt send me, I will go to serve thee with great energy. Send me now to a mighty king who has rebelled against thee, and thou shalt know what I will do unto him and unto the, his land, although he may have cavalry and infantry or an exceeding mighty people. I will slay them all and bring the king's head before thee. Dost thou not know or hast thou not heard that our father Abraham with his servant Eleazar smote all the kings of Elam with their hosts in one night? They left not one remaining. And ever since that day our father's strength has given was given unto us for an inheritance, for us and our seed forever. And Joseph answered and said, You speak truth, and falsehood is not in your mouth. For it was also told unto us that the Hebrews have power, and that the Lord their God delighteth much in them, and who then shall stand before them? However, on this condition will I send your brother, if you will bring before me his brother, the son of his mother, of whom you said that he had gone down are gone from you down to Egypt, and it shall come to pass when you bring unto me his brother, I will take him in his stead, because not one of you was security for him to your father. And when he shall come unto me, I will then send with you his brother for whom you have been security. Judah's anger, Judah's anger was kindled against Joseph when he spoke this thing and his eyes dropped blood with anger and he said unto his brethren how does this man this day seek his own destruction and that of all of Egypt 
And Simeon answered Joseph, saying, Did we not tell thee at first that we knew not the particular spot to which he went, and whether he be dead or alive, and wherefore speaketh my Lord like unto these things? And Joseph, observing the countenance of Judah, discerning, discerned that his anger began to kindle when he spoke unto them, saying, Bring unto me your other brother instead of this brother. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Surely you said that your brother was either dead or lost. Now if I should call him this day, and he should come before you, would you give him unto me instead of his brother? And Joseph began to speak and call out, Joseph, Joseph, come this day before me, and appear to thy brethren, and sit before them. And when Joseph spoke this thing before them, they looked each a different way to see from whence Joseph would come before them. And Joseph observed all their acts and said unto them, Why do you look here and there? I am Joseph, whom you sold to Egypt. Now therefore let it not grieve you that you sold me, for as a support during the famine did God send me before you. And his brethren were terrified at him when they heard the words of Joseph. And Judah was exceedingly terrified at him. And when Benjamin heard the words of Joseph, he was before them in the inner part of the house. And Benjamin ran unto Joseph his brother, and embraced him, and fell upon his neck, and they wept. And when Joseph's brother saw that Benjamin had fallen upon his brother's neck and wept with him, they also fell upon Joseph and embraced him, and they wept a great weeping with Joseph. And they heard, and the voice was heard in the house of Joseph that they were Joseph's brethren. And it pleased Pharaoh exceedingly, for he was afraid of them, lest they should destroy Egypt. And Pharaoh sent his servants unto Joseph to congratulate him concerning his brethren, who had come to him. And all the captains of the armies and troops that were in Egypt came to rejoice with Joseph. And all Egypt rejoiced greatly about Joseph's brethren. And Pharaoh sent his servants to Joseph, saying, Tell thy brethren to fetch all belonging to them, and let them come unto me, and I will place them in the best part of the land of Egypt. And they did so. And Joseph commanded him that was set over his house to bring out to his brethren gifts and garments. And he brought out to them many garments, being robes of royalty, and many gifts. And Joseph divided them amongst his brethren. And he gave unto each of his brethren a change of garments of gold and silver and three hundred pieces of silver. And Joseph commanded them all to be dressed in these garments and to be brought before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, seeing that all Joseph's brethren were valiant men and of beautiful appearance, he greatly rejoiced. And they afterward went out from the presence of Pharaoh to go to the land of Canaan to their father, and their brother Benjamin was with them. And Joseph rose up and gave unto them eleven chariots from Pharaoh. And Joseph gave unto them his chariot, upon which he rode on the day of his being crowned in Egypt, to fetch his father to Egypt. And Joseph sent to his all his brother's children garments according to their numbers and a hundred pieces of silver to each of them and he also sent garments to the wives of his brethren from the garments of the king's wives and he sent them and he gave unto each of his brethren ten men to go with them to the land of canaan to serve them to serve their children and all belonging to them in coming to egypt and joseph sent by the hand of his brother benjamin ten suits of garments for his ten sons a portion above the rest of the children of the sons of jacob and he sent to each fifty pieces of silver and ten chariots on the account of Pharaoh. And he sent to his father ten asses laden with all the luxuries of Egypt and ten she-asses laden with corn and bread and nourishment for his father and to all that were with him as provisions for the road. And he sent for his sister Dinah garments of silver and gold and frankincense and myrrh and aloes and women's ornaments in great plenty. And he sent the same 
from the wives of Pharaoh to the wives of Benjamin. And he gave unto all his brethren also to their wives all sorts of onyx stones and medallium, and from all the valuable things amongst the great people of Egypt. Nothing of all the costly things was left but what Joseph sent off to his father's household. And he sent his brethren away, and they went, and he sent his brother Benjamin with them. And Joseph went out with them to accompany them on the road unto the borders of Egypt. And he commanded them concerning his father and his household to come to Egypt. And he said unto them, Do not quarrel on the road, for this thing was from the Lord, to keep a great people from starvation. For there will be yet five years of famine in the land. And he commanded them, saying, When you come to the land of Canaan, do not come suddenly before my father in this affair, but act in your wisdom. And Joseph ceased to command them, and he turned and went back to Egypt. And the sons of Jacob went to the land of Canaan with joy and cheerfulness to their father Jacob. And they came unto the borders of the land, and they said to each other, What shall we do in this matter before our father? For if we come suddenly to him and tell him the matter, he will be greatly alarmed at our words and will not believe us. And they went along until they came nigh unto their houses, and they found Sarach, the daughter of Asher, going forth to meet them. And the damsel was very good and subtle, and knew how to play upon the harp. And they called unto her, and she came before them, and she kissed them. And they took her and gave unto her a harp, saying, Go now before our father, and sit before him, and strike upon the harp, and speak these words. And they commanded her to go to their house, and she took the harp and hastened before them. And she came and sat near Jacob. And she played well and sang and uttered in the sweetness of her words, Joseph my uncle is living, and he ruleth throughout the land of Egypt, and is not dead. And she continued to repeat and utter these words, and Jacob heard her words, and they were agreeable to him. He listened while she repeated them twice and thrice, and joy entered the heart of Jacob at the sweetness of her words, and the Spirit of God was upon him, and he knew all her words to be true. And Jacob blessed Sarach when she spoke these words before him, and he said unto her, My daughter, may death never prevail over thee, for thou hast revived my spirit. Only speak yet before me as thou hast spoken, for thou hast gladdened me with all thy words. And she continued to sing these words, and Jacob listened, and it pleased him. And he rejoiced, and the Spirit of God was upon him. Whilst he was yet speaking with her, behold, his sons came to him with horses and chariots and royal garments and servants running before them. And Jacob rose up to meet them and saw his sons dressed in royal garments, and he saw all the treasures that Joseph had sent to them. And they said unto him, Be informed that our brother Joseph is living, and it is he who ruled throughout the land of Egypt, and it is he who spoke unto us as we told thee. And Jacob heard all the words of his sons, and his heart palpitated at their words, for he could not believe them until he saw all that Joseph had given them and what he had sent him and all the signs which Joseph had spoken unto them. And they opened out before him and showed him all that Joseph had sent. And they gave unto each what Joseph had sent him, and he knew that they had spoken the truth. And he rejoiced exceedingly an account of his son. And Jacob said, It is enough for me that my son Joseph is living. I will go with and see him before I die. And his sons told him, all that had befallen them. And Jacob said, I will go down to Egypt to see my son and his offspring. And Jacob rose up and put on the garments which Joseph had sent him. And after he had washed and shaved his hair, he put on his head the turban which Joseph had sent him. 
And all the people of Jacob's house and their wives put on the garments which Joseph had sent to them, and they greatly rejoiced at Joseph that he was still living and that he was ruling in Egypt. And all the inhabitants of Canaan heard of this thing, and they came and rejoiced much with Jacob that he was still living. And Jacob made a feast for them for three days, and all the kings of Canaan and nobles of the land ate and drank and rejoiced in the house of Jacob. And that that gets us actually... a little more caught up in Genesis. Uh, G- Genesis 45, I think, ends with Jacob saying, yeah, okay, I'll go down. What an awesome story. Oh, yeah, truly. Because not only is, um, you know, Joseph and Jacob and the rest of the family united, but can you imagine Dinah and Aseneth mm. oh, coming yeah. together too? And then to realize that, you know, her daughter is married to Joseph and that their offspring, um, you know, that she's a grandmother. I mean, that's amazing. It really is. Like, I I had to try to push it back. I was getting a little bit choked up (laughs) because, you know, it's it's a moving moving story, especially if you can really really uh, visualize it, you know. Right. Well, uh, what do we got? Ten minutes before. Um, I can read Genesis if you want. Uh, yeah. The next sure. chapter, and then uh, then you'll pretty much have the show <laughs> next week. Right. Uh, at least with the, the targums and legends or anything else you want to bring. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to catch up with those too. I think Genesis. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, I think Genesis 45 will catch us up to what we just read in Joshua, so this will probably take us to the end of the show. It's only 28 verses, okay. Um, Genesis 45, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen. Ye shall haste to bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. 
Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beast, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat of the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, This do ye, take your you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, and for your wives, and bring your father, and come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner ten asses laden with the good things of Egypt, and ten she-asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that thou fall not out by the way. And they went up out of Egypt, and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is alive. I will go down and see him before I die. So that catches us up in Genesis. Uh, uh, one thing that I noticed and I wanted to get your opinion, you know where it says that he became a father yeah. unto Pharaoh. It makes me wonder if Pharaoh was somehow young. I think so. That, that was my thought too. Is that he was? Yeah. He was probably you know because many times they were, you know, young, really young. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, especially especially if, with all the murder and yeah you know, assassination and everything that yeah took place against him. So if his if the previous Pharaoh you know had died and he you know he's a young one and he. The the text, even the way Pharaoh responds to Joseph, uh, would seem to indicate that you know that he's yeah. he he gives he knows he's in charge he knows his position, but he definitely seems right. to give deference to him, and says, hey, you know, look, you're 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 pretty wise. I you know why don't you do it? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's that was my line of thinking on that. Is but... so. Um, I forget the exact scripture address, but in Galatians, Paul says that from the giving of the covenant of Abraham to the giving to the giving of the law of Moses is 430 years. So uh-huh. he sets up the guardrails from what is it, Genesis 12, I think, um, to Mount Sinai is 430 uh-huh. years. So you know, everybody preaches that the Israelites were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, but the math doesn't work out. You know, right. uh, no one's even in Egypt other than, you know, brief sojourning back and forth until uh, Joseph is sold into slavery, which is 215 years after the covenant of Abraham. And yeah. and as we're seeing in this story, you know, they're treated like royalty. I mean, they're like, it's all good for a number of years. And, and then best I can figure, uh, there's at least one, maybe two more pharaohs, or, or maybe even more, because he got another 215 years to go, um, until we get to the Exodus. 
And but there's a pharaoh that knew not Joseph. So I mean, you're only talking a couple generations here, especially uh-huh. at this time when these people are living, you know, longer. That for a pharaoh to arise that didn't remember Joseph, that doesn't make any sense at all, <laughs> unless he was a foreigner. And Chuck Missler is the first to point this out. That uh, I forget the uh, scripture address. I believe it's in Isaiah. Uh, I could be mistaken, but anyway, one of the prophets mentions that when the Assyrian uh, abused them in Egypt, that it was an Assyrian that came into the land, conquered the land, and and became the the pharaoh that was the pharaoh in charge mm-hmm. at the time that did not know Joseph. Right. Uh, Which means that they were only slaves. Best I can figure on the low side, eighty years, or, or uh, uh, on the high side, a hundred at the most. Uh-huh. That they were slaves in Egypt. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we start the next show, because I, I sent you a couple of passages which also verify uh, that the you know this enslavement actually started with the birth of um, of Isaac, Isaac and not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the four. That's where you get the four thirty. Four thirty, exactly. Yeah, it's because you have the yeah. four hundred, but it starts with it. Actually, the, the promise is to the descendants of Abraham. And Isaac being the first of the descendants, uh, so that's where you get the 430 years. Right. And, and it even says in the passage that I'll quote next time that they only lived in the land of Egypt for 210 years. So. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah. man. All right, brother. All right. Another great show. Yeah, see you next Good week. Good night, man. everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.